Welcome to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. The Granby Christian Church desires the lost to be saved and the believer to passionately pursue Christ in all that they do. Let's join Pastor John Marins for today's message. Hello friends, I just wanted to update you on the grand progress that has been made in the Strong Tower campaign. There is now over $181,000 that has been pledged or come in to reach the goal of $320,000. We have about 10 weeks left in this great campaign to raise raise these needed funds for the new broadcasting tower at KNEO. Would you please pray about this need? and, And would you ask God to direct you in this matter? And if He places this need on your heart, then please give. And God bless you for the wonderful progress that has been made toward this goal in the past. Friends, as we move to our topic for just now, let's remember that it was through no fault of God that the first covenant God made with Israel was found to be flawed. Again, the Word of God and the ways of God are perfect. So there is no blame with Him but rather the blame rests in the hearts of mankind. Men broke the sweet accord that God made through Moses. And so there is a need for a second covenant, a covenant that Hebrews chapter 6, or Hebrews chapter 8 rather, in verse 6 calls a better covenant, which is established on better promises. Now, do you want to hear about how God works with both Jews and Gentiles alike in this time today? Well, great. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to be our teacher as we consider the topic, a new and better covenant from Hebrews chapter 8. Holy God, there's none like you. None can make and keep promises and covenants like you. We trust not in the words of men. Rather, we come to you with our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with water pure water. We are drawn to you by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's this sacrifice that brings us into the new and better covenant. Hear us and do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, even Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Friends, You know that when someone makes a promise to us, we expect that promise to be kept. There are some wonderful promises in the Bible, but there is something that surpasses even the promises of God, and that would be God's covenants. From our chapter today, Hebrews 8, our Father in heaven would have us to understand that he has promised to make a new covenant with Israel. But this was also foretold in Jeremiah 31:31, which states, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And this is the covenant that we're talking about. 
This new covenant is received by everyone who accepts the Lord Jesus Christ and is then engrafted into him. We were foreign stock. We were wild branches. But now we are in Christ Jesus and Christ is in us and by the Holy Spirit, we're a part of the new covenant. The English word for covenant found in our Bibles comes from the Greek word diatheke. It's found 17 times in the Greek text of the book of Hebrews. And it means a disposition, arrangement of some sort, which one wishes to be valid, the last disposition, which one makes on his earthly possessions after his death, a testament, a will or compact. The first time in the Septuagint, the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. Well, the first time in the Septuagint that the Atheke is used occurs in Genesis 6.18. Let me begin reading verse 17. And behold, I, even I, do bring flood waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die but with thee speaking of Noah and his family but with thee God says I will establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons wives with thee and of every living thing of all flesh two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee they shall be male and female now, in the New Testament, the Greek New Testament, the first occurrence of diatheke is found in Matthew twenty-six twenty-eight. The setting is the Last Supper. It's the Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples, the Passover, before his death on the cross. And there we read that Jesus linked the broken bread and the shared cup of wine offered in that Passover meal to the new covenant. Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Going on to verse 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament. Listen to that. For this is my blood of the New Testament, of the New Covenant. Jesus is profoundly saying that the blood of the new will is his own blood. Reading on to verse 28, which is shed for the remission of sins. Again, the Greek word diatheke, according to Strong's, appears five times in the 13 verses of Hebrews chapter 8. This means it's certainly a theme of that chapter. But just why does the sixth verse call the new covenant a better covenant? Well, the answer is found in that verse and also the surrounding verses. First of all, it's a better covenant because this new covenant is established on better promises. Let's read Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now hath he or obtained a more excellent ministry, by which he also is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. The promises in the new covenant are stunning. Look at verse 7. For if the first covenant was faultless, 
then there should be no place for a second. But finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says the Lord. Wow. The first covenant had faults. The first covenant had problems, and the problem, again, was not with God. The problem was with mankind. In verse 10, he says, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Notice those words, with the house of Israel. And I'm going to put my laws into their mind and write them on their hearts. And I'm going to be to them a God, and they will be to, my, to me a people. Verse 11, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins will I remember no more. In that he saith, a new covenant, he has made the first old, and that which decayeth, and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Now let's review from these verses from Hebrews again, chapter 8. Some reasons why this new covenant is so much better. Again, as we've said, it's based on better promises. And what are the promises? Well, he's going to put his laws into our minds. He's going to write these laws on our hearts. Instead of the law being on tables of stone in the Ark of the Covenant, in the holy place, in the tabernacle, and then in the temple. Instead of being just upon scrolls, it's going to be inside of us. God's going to put his laws into our minds. He's going to write them on our hearts so that our conscience can be guided by these laws and convict us of things that we're doing that are wrong and commend us when we do things that are right. We're going to have a face-to-face relationship with God. Yes, a heart-to-heart relationship with God in this new covenant. And God's going to be to us a God, and we're going to be to Him His people. This is what God has wanted from the very beginning, for us just to relax and enjoy the fellowship that we have with God where He, moment by moment, is schooling us. He's discipling us. He's he's showing what things to do and what things not to do. This is the essence of the better covenant. It's asking God, Papa, what do you want me to do next? Well, let's take time for some applications as we draw to an end. Here's the first application. Let's encourage all to have a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, verse 11 says, They shall not teach every man his neighbor, And every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least to the greatest. This is a future time, brothers, sisters. This is a time coming when God's, the knowledge of God is just going to envelop the entire world. Now, we are not just to sit back and to wait for the fulfillment of this. We're to help bring it along. We're to hasten the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ by our submission to this new covenant and by drawing people to the New Testament and to the truth of the death, burial, and resurrection and what it does for us. Let's encourage everyone to have a personal relationship with God. It's not the preacher who has a personal relationship with God only, or the elders and deacons of the church. It's every single member, every child being drawn to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as soon as possible and coming under this new covenant. Here's a second application. Let's not 
remind ourselves of our sins nor the sins of others. Instead, let's remember the good that others have done and that we have done. You know, the accuser has enough minions working for him, going around and taking shots at the church. Let's not do that. Let's be peacemakers. Let's be like Tom Carden, a friend of ours who's passed to be with the Lord. You know, Tom had a special way of dealing with people. And when we'd be separated from Tom for a period of time, when we first met him and we'd say hello, he'd begin to share with us the good things that he had heard that we had done since the last time we were together. Now, that's how I want to live my life. I want to remember the good that other people are doing instead of underscoring the bad Here's the last application. Let's put our full trust in the new covenant and not get caught up in the Old Testament covenant where circumcision was required. In fact, in the book of Galatians, in chapter 5, it says, Behold, I, Paul, this is the authority of Christ, say to you, If ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. That's lumping all the Old Testament laws together under that. For I testify to every man that is circumcised, he's a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you whatsoever. Whosoever of you who are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. The new covenant. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith working by love. You did run well. Who hindered you that you did not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not from him that calleth you. And then in the sixth chapter, for in Christ Jesus neither is circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be upon them and mercy upon the Israel of God. And let's not fall back into the old ways. Let's continue in the new covenant. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yes, from evil, from our fruitless labors in the sinful flesh. Deliver us from everything that brings chaotic annoyance and hardships to our life, the harassment of Satan, the perils, the pain, the trouble, the distress, the blindness. Yes, Lord, anything that is evil, anything that you deem that you want to remove from us, do it. Purge us. Deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Father, when we pray this prayer, we pray the same way that Jesus taught us to pray. We end this prayer with the word, Amen. For we're saying, so be it. We're making covenant with you. And we're asking you, Father, to keep that new covenant on our behalf in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for listening to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. If you don't have a church home, they would like to invite you to join them this Sunday for morning worship at 1045. The church is located at 969 Granby Miners Road in Granby, Missouri. Have a blessed weekend and remember to abide in the shadow of his wings. I will rejoice in you my God in the shadow of 
Are you a Christian who likes to read? If not, there's a whole world of Christian publishing out there that you're missing out on. I invite you to check out the Author's Corner podcast where I talk to the latest Christian authors each week about their new book releases and what's coming next. So if you're ready to jumpstart your spiritual growth with the newest books and the authors who write them, check out the Author's Corner podcast with me, Roberta Foster. 